Welcome to the International Church of Vilnius. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. As we begin our service this morning, may our hearts be warmed by the memory of God's faithfulness, the comfort of his presence, and the hope of the life to come through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 264, 264, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Thank you. 
Let us draw near to God, our Father, with a true heart to confess our sins and ask him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive us. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Blessed is the Lord. For he has heard the voice of our prayer. Therefore shall our hearts dance for joy, and in our songs will we praise our God. Our responsive reading this morning comes from Psalm 46. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Our second hymn this morning is number eight, How Great Thou Art. Hymn number eight. Thou great thou art, thou great thou art. 
Our first scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Samuel chapter 7. Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Thou will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will also give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this morning comes from Deuteronomy 18. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our sermon and scripture reading, uh, third scripture reading, comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please have a seat. The context of these passages are quite helpful. The first reading is concerning uh, David, King David. David who was failing in age and he was promised that he would have a son, a son that uh, would build his kingdom. Second reading is Moses who's also failing in age and he's been told that he's not going to enter into the promised land. But he says someone 
like you, someone behind you, which could be Joshua in the context, but someone else is going to come from the people of Israel that will be a true prophet. Expectation. Expectations of what the scriptures say, of what these prophets mean to us. We have a little, a little picture in Luke 24. Two followers of Jesus that knew the scriptures, that knew Jesus, that walked with him, that followed him. And yet he says, he appears to them, they don't recognize, he don't, they don't recognize him. He says, how foolish you are. You see, previous, before, before this particular passage, speaking about the events of the crucifixion, and Jesus is kind of playing dumb, and he's saying, well, what events have you been talking about? And they're like, are you the only person in Israel that doesn't know what, what's happened here? <clears throat> you see, they believed that Jesus was going to be something, perhaps, that he wasn't, because he died, and he rose again from the dead, and they were concerned about this. And Jesus says, well, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe the prophets, meaning that what they believed about Jesus wasn't actually what Jesus was trying to do. Maybe they were looking for something for Jesus to do for them personally. After all, many of his disciples were wanting Jesus to put them in positions of power in this coming kingdom. Maybe it was selfish. Maybe it was just false expectations. What's the most important thing to you? I think we all have the correct answers, like family, uh, maybe God. You know, we have the, our kids. But what do you care about or believe in that you are willing to pursue even when it's hard? And this could be even a goofy answer, too. It could be a sports team, right? When you believe in a sports team and they're, they're terrible, but you still go to the games and you root for them. And it, it, there's something that keeps you associated or have your allegiance to that group. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something that's difficult. Maybe it's uh, some type of self-improvement program that you're on. It's hard to stick with it because it, it's difficult, but maybe you have something tied to it or you, you see the results as something better than the difficulty that you face. When it comes to addictions, for example... The reason why people are addicted to things is because what they are addicted to is something that they like, obviously. They wouldn't be addicted to it if they didn't love it or care for it. The idea is to get away from an addiction by loving something else that's actually good or not wanting the negative things that are associated with that. When he says slow to hear or slow of heart to believe, it actually means unhurried. After you have the facts. So if someone said, hey, your shirt's on fire. And you said, you know, oh, okay, thank you for telling me. Usually you, you jump and you make a strong reaction to something like that. Quick, put it out. Quick, put it out. No, if you're slow of heart, that means you're unhurried after you have the facts. Facts that should tell you to do something or should convince you to act quickly. Jesus as a, a guised person speaking with these two on the road, said the prophet should have told you something about me that you believe to be true, but here you are doubting that it's true because 
It didn't turn out the way you wished. And just like an addiction or just like a being a fan of a sports team that's not good or struggling in the midst of maybe like a weight loss program or a, 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 new, a new thing that you're into, there's a personal price to believe in it. There's a personal price to follow. It costs us. People are slow to heart in this particular story because what was true about Jesus will cost them. If they're to follow Jesus and they know that he just died and rose again from the dead, or they're uncertain at that point that he rose from the dead, then they're thinking, well, what does that mean for me if I'm to follow him? It costs us. Jesus says to them, and he addresses this issue in verse 26, he says, Did not the Christ have to suffer, then enter his glory? Which is associated with the previous verse. You're slow to hear the prophets. If you had closely read the prophets, and these two readings from 1 Samuel and Deuteronomy are just two of many that speak of the Christ. But Jesus is getting at something here. I ask you what's most important to you because Jesus says, Did not the Christ have to suffer, then enter his glory? Many of us, me included, when we start something, we want to enter the glory early. We want to, we want to get to the end when we begin. We don't want to go through the difficulty. We, don't, we want the championship without rooting for the rebuilding years in a sports team. We want the results of this XYZ program without going through the difficulty. These particular disciples were slow of heart to believe that Jesus had died and rose from the dead because they were expecting something else from him. What's most important to you that causes you to maybe shirk back from the truth of the gospel? Jesus is basically saying, you're his disciples, you know the story. You know that the, the, that the Messiah had to suffer. In Isaiah, it's very clear. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be bruised. He's going to be rejected. What's our context? What's our context? The context of this story is that they don't understand the Messiah, and so he walks them through the scriptures to explain to them who the Messiah is, according to the Jewish tradition. But what's our context? What is the suffering that we have to go through to enter our glory in Christ. What makes us slow of heart in our particular life about what maybe God is doing in our lives or about what is happening in our lives that are leading us to be the hands and feet of Christ, but maybe causes us to say, I'm unhurried despite the fact that I know the facts or what I should do. So he explains to them in the scriptures, look, Jesus said this in advance. Jesus, the scripture said this in advance about what Jesus would do. That he explains the messianic story. But what does that mean for us, those of us who already believe that Jesus is the Messiah? When we go back to these particular passages, the story tells the Jew about the coming Messiah, but it tells the Christian about what redemption looks like. Tells us when we are doubting, when we're slow to heart, when we're slow to believe. We go back through these stories and we say, man, these guys are failures. These women are treacherous. 
The people that believe in God often fail and God is so faithful. The people of Israel reject him even when he saves them, even when God leads them out through Moses, leads them through David. What do we really care about that makes us shirk from the truth? Because we see this over and over in the, in, in the Old Testament and the Hebrew scriptures. tells us what redemption looks like. It puts the finger on the things that we love more than God. And trust me, as we read these passages, we see that the Israelites had a lot of things, whether they were other gods or food or money or clothing or prestige or just the fact of knowing that they wanted to party instead of follow the Ten Commandments. So he says... Uh, he, he says, well, he didn't lie, but he pretends to go further. Um, and there's something about this conversation. Maybe they're comforted by Jesus. Or maybe they just thought he was really smart and they liked to listen to him as they were walking along. But they urged him. Look at this. Verse 29. They urged him strongly. Please go with this. They, he do, they don't even know who he is. They don't know that he's Jesus. Somehow he's unrecognizable to them. But there's something about him when they walk with him that makes them want him to stay. But notice that he, like in the past, he died for their sins for a reason that they didn't understand. He stays with them for a reason that they'd understand. Look at this. They urged him to stay strongly, and so he stayed. Verse 30, he was at the table with them and broke bread. He didn't stay to give them something. He stayed to be with them. You see this? To break bread means communion. It means fellowship. It's it's represented by the table that we're going to take next week. Sitting together with each other, drinking the blood of Christ, eating his flesh, and, and associating with him as fellow believers. This is what brings them awareness of who he is. Notice, they ate that, they ate that meal with him before he died. And they ate it with him again, and that's what made them realize this is the Jesus. This is the Christ. This is the one that we've been talking about. And notice this. The second that they recognize him, he disappears. And I think for many of us, the second that we start following God in ways that we feel convicted, and we start to pursue the things maybe more than what we used to want or thought was more important, when we start to put things aside in our life that used to cause us trouble that God wanted us not to mess with, and we start to follow Christ, it starts to seem like He disappears. And the reason why that is is because A, He wants to test you, and B, there's darkness in this world that wants you to reject Him. It's no coincidence. When you start getting... And I start getting close to God, we start getting problems. We start getting temptations. We start getting things around us that that, that conflict with it. It's no coincidence. He disappears when they recognize him. He's not abandoning them. But look what they say. Were not our hearts burning within us when he walked with us? 
Didn't we feel the conviction of what he was saying? Didn't we feel the power of God in us when we were walking with him? You see, when Jesus was ascended into heaven, it said that the the disciples were staring in the sky like, why is he leaving us? In the same way, they're probably thinking this this guy was really getting going and really telling us what what we were wanting to know. And now he's leaving. Why is he leaving? You might be thinking that. When things start to be headed in the right direction in your faith, all of a sudden bad things start happening. Why is he leaving us? And he says, as he's ascended into heaven and leaving them, he says, I'm giving you power that you can't understand that you won't be able to receive unless I leave. And if you're going through something now, the reason why is because God is teaching you something to depend on him and he's giving you the power to go through it, which causes us to trust. What's most important to you? What is it that you care about or believe in that you're on, that you're willing to pursue even when it's difficult? Were our hearts not burning with us while he opened the scriptures to us? He teaches us things when he's away. So we'll come to know him. That we'll come to value the time that we have with him when we see that what we believe in is true and that it's effectual when we are in the midst of darkness. Notice what they do. They get up. They get up and return to Jerusalem. They don't know that the other 11 apostles or 12 minus Judas who's, who's dead They go to tell the story. They go back and say, it's worth what we were going to do. Maybe it was business. Maybe it was going to see family. They turn around and they go all the way back to tell their friends about what they've come to know. And before they get there, before they have the chance to say it, the other 11 apostles say, look, it is true. We've seen Simon or Peter saw Jesus. And so they're exchanging these kind of testimonies of what they've come to learn about God. And notice what they say here in verse 35. The two told how they recognized him. Our experiences, what you face now that's difficult, maybe it's the separation from what you want in life, that may not be good for you to what maybe God is leading you to. And that's hard to determine. That's subjective, I think, in a lot of ways. Or maybe you're experiencing a hard time and you're thinking, why did God disappear? He called me to this and now all of a sudden I'm alone. Or maybe you haven't gotten to that point to where you maybe are recognizing what's good for you, but you're, you're wanting God to show up, but he's not here. And you're thinking... Well, where are the answers? Notice that it was their experience. It was God walking along with them in the person of Christ. And it was when they recognized him that that's when things changed. When they were focused on what they wanted or what they thought was best, they didn't see God for who he really is. 
And I'll stand here to say in my own life that it took a lot of things to happen in my life for me to see who Jesus is for real. It took a lot of bad stuff that I had to go through. Maybe it was stuff that I chose. Maybe it was stuff that happened to me. But the thing is, is that what was most important to me over the years, and that's changed. But the things that I believed in and I was willing to pursue, even though it was hard or caused problems for me, I found out that they failed. I found out that they weren't able to sustain the weight that I put on it. Even family, job, money, all of these things, health, they're fleeting. What's most important to you? Are you slow of heart this morning to believe? Do you have information that's trustworthy, but you're slow to act because there's maybe doubt, uncertainty, maybe it takes away something that you prefer? Because when we get close to God, our hearts will burn. What that means is, 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 is not just excitement or emotions, but the feeling and the understanding and the knowledge of the presence of God in our lives to act in a way that's supernatural. The point of this sermon is not just to say you need to give up what's bad in your life. Though that is helpful and a command of God. The most important thing is to walk with Jesus, to recognize who he is, to see him for who he is. And when that happens, when he steps back and lets us go into the world as his representatives and it feels like we're alone, we can say and go back to that moment that we remember when we felt what it was like to be with him. Because we can have that now, even though he may seem distant. Our service has a very important time. One of my favorite times of our service, actually, where we're, we're quiet and we spend a time of silence for reflection and prayer. And this is really kind of a free time to, to, to pray or to confess or to just think about in a quiet moment in the week, at the end of a week, or maybe at the beginning of a week, how, how we can seek him and how we can receive what he's offered more than we have before. So let's just take maybe a moment to, to pray or to confess or to just be grateful for what we've seen in this story uh, and maybe in our lives this week. Would you stand with me, recite the Apostles' Creed? <clears throat> Together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. pray together the Lord's Prayer. Heavenly Father, please be with us. Um, We know you're with us. We pray, God, that we would walk more with Jesus, that we would see the goodness that you've provided in creation, but even the, the blessings that you bring into our lives individually. We thank you for what you've given us. And we pray, God, that we would trust not in the things that you've given us or want more of the things that you've given us, but want more of you and to understand that our completeness comes in knowing you. God, please give that to us. Give that desire. Give that burning of the heart to us this week. Lord, in your mercy, in prayer. God, we see a lot of problems in the world. We, we Things that seem out of our control that that we want to see changed. So many things that we want to pray for, God, the civil war, ongoing things in Yemen, Ethiopia, infighting, injustice, racism, poverty, uh, issues that we want to see changed, we want to see reversed, God. Please bring justice, please bring grace. We pray that you would use us as a church. We pray that you would change the way we think towards the gospel, towards the kingdom, and that we would be the hands and the feet and and the world that we live in, maybe in the relationships that we have and and the, the small cultures that we're involved in that may not change the world but could change something around us. God, we pray that we would make this big world small and speak and, and, and love and show compassion and empathy and have patience for people that maybe mistreat us. God, use us as individuals. Change the way we think. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And God, we have problems. We have problems that we have in this world. All of us are dealing with things. Maybe it's health or stress or issues that we face that are personal that we might not want to share. We have other things that maybe are are more public, like back problems, 
or health issues. Uh, we pray for spe specifically for Willie this week and his back problems. God, we ask that you would heal him. But God, we ask that you would heal us and that you would move in the midst of our pain, move in the midst of our questioning, where is Jesus? God, move and strengthen us, we pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And lastly, God, we pray for Vilness. We pray that, that this city would be filled with, with worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that, that you would unlock addictions and unlock issues that are prevalent here. We pray, God, that, that your kingdom would come, that you would return and make things new. As strange as that sounds to say, we pray, God, that you would return and bring your kingdom to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we'll close by praying the Lord's Prayer that's on the back of our handout this morning. Together, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our last hymn is a famous hymn by Martin Luther. Mighty fortress is our God. It speaks of the, the safety and the power of God to protect. Hymn 464, a mighty fortress is our God.
something I wanted to point out in this song that I appreciate. He says in verse 2 at the beginning, Did we in our own strength confide our striving or our efforts would be losing? Second stanza of the last verse, The Spirit and the gifts are ours through Him with us sighteth. As we walk with Christ this week, let's remember those words. Peace be to the brothers and sisters in love with faith from God, the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.